You're listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast with your host, Maggie Magan. Hi, small business owners. Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast, where we focus on creating brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. FYI, this is also the name of the number one Amazon best-selling business book series for small business. It's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And the subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. You can get a digital copy or paperback. And you can get that right at Amazon. Um, it's also at Barnes and Noble and a couple other great places. But today in the book series, the book that we're referencing is volume two, and that's the one with the emerald green cover. So today's conversation is with a number one best-selling business author from that 2018 book. But I want to share right before I bring her on, I'd like to say hi, rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan. And I'm a number one best-selling business author and creator of that best-selling annual business book series. I'm also a professional master business coach and trainer at Brilliant Breakthroughs. So now that we have me out of the way, let's get on to our superstar for the day. Susan McCustion, welcome and congratulations on being a number one best-selling business author. You rock! <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. So great to be here with you again. Okay, so Susan, we've had you share some wisdom with us over three podcasts already, and that's for everyone, you're going to want to write this down, episode 58, 71, and 78. So once you hear Susan talking about this, I know you're going to want to go back and listen to a couple of those other podcast episodes as well. So that's 58. 71 and 78. So Susan is bringing forward this really cool body of information. And, um, oh, I almost don't want to say anything about it, but let's, let's talk for a moment because in the 2018 book, Susan is the author of the fourth chapter and it's titled five ways to bring compassion in to your organization, which is really cool. And I know that there's a topic that Susan wants to address today, and that's about what you stand for. And she's going to dive into that further. But I want to start by saying, um, <clears throat> you know, our society, we, we here in America, we are founded on being fighters. We fought for our freedom, and we have this mentality, and it's a way of being, it's in our DNA, literally, that we are supposed to fight for our ideals. And that is really cool, but it can also create some issues if we don't do it in a good way. So Susan, fighting for our ideals is a good thing, but sometimes it separates us. And I yeah. bet you have something to say about that, don't you? Yeah, I've got a lot to say about it as, as usual, Maggie. You know me by now. So, you know, I, 
I really am an eternal optimist. You know, I, I believe that people are basically good. I, I think that 99% of us wake up in the morning with really good intentions, right? We, we want to go to work. We want to make a decent living. We want to take care of our families, connect with our friends, um, you know, help out in our, in our communities. You know, I don't believe that we wake up intentionally trying to hurt other people, but inevitably we do. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's, I think it's really, you know, some of it goes back to what we talked about earlier, you know, our, our biases, right? We don't understand our biases and, and how our perspectives um, exclude others, but it is also that tendency of wanting to kind of take up arms and, and fight for things. Um, and, and I just, I think right now that there has not been a more divisive or polarized time. I see, I think that we, we really see that fighting for or fighting against whatever, whatever you want to call it. You, we're seeing that now more than ever, right? Whether it's social turmoil, political turmoil, you know, we can't escape it. It, it happens at every turn, every turn. And, and there, there's all kinds of stories about people being mistreated or excluded or harmed. And it makes all of us feel really stressed out in almost every aspect of our lives. And we carry that stress with us into work every day. So, okay. so. I think everyone who's listening to this right now can say, oh, well, yes, that's exactly what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So my question for you is, should we focus more on supporting our interests? And I absolutely believe so. so. So I am a firm believer in what we focus on increases. And so when we spend all this time fighting against things, we feel overloaded and, and exhausted. And, and we can even feel very threatened about things, you know, threatened to our very core. So, you know, we, we go around fighting against hate and fighting against discrimination and fighting against immigration bans. I would suggest that when we fight against what we're focusing on is is that stuff that we're fighting against. We fight against hate. What we're really focusing on is the hate. And so what I would encourage people to do is really make a shift. And it's a, it's a slight shift, but it's not necessarily an easy shift. A shift to standing for. So rather than fighting against hate, how about standing for love? Or rather than fighting against discrimination, how about standing for equity? Or rather than fighting against immigration bans, why not stand for human dignity? Because when we focus on, on things like love and equity and human dignity, we are focusing on and standing for those more positive aspects. It's the same, you know, it's two sides of the same coin, but very different sides, right? Very different sides, very different focus. You know, there's a, a quote from Mother Teresa, and it's, I know it was a popular quote even before she transitioned. And I'm not going to get it right, but we'll get the spirit of it. She said, please, whatever you do, don't invite me to an anti-rally. Mm -hmm. Yes. Dad, invite me 
to something that I can support and I can be for, and I will be there, but I will not go to an anti. To validate your point, she understood the power of what you're saying. Um, I wish I could speak it directly, but I can't. So I, I'm sorry about that, but it makes sense with what you're yeah. sharing. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a lot, a lot of validity, you know, as we as we focus on what we want. I mean, anybody who does any kind of goal setting, right? You you set the goals to focus on what you want. So in the same way, we want to focus on this. I think when we're so busy fighting for, you know, the fact of the matter is, we're all in this together. And when we're so busy fighting for, fighting against, fighting whatever we're doing, nobody escapes. <laughs> of the fight. Nobody escapes the battle unscathed because we are all in this together. And so whether you are a, a victim or a perpetrator uh, or even just an observer, we do not escape these really harmful effects of, of fighting and, and effects. Some of the effects I'm talking about are, are things like hypertension, depression, even certain cancers have been connected to some of this, this stress that is involved with all of these things that we're busy fighting against. Um, one of the things, one of the most fascinating facts, you know, to, to me in the, in the work that I do, and you know, I, I base everything in, in science. I love science. One of the most fascinating facts is that when we exclude people, if, or actually, let me turn that around. When we are excluded, the area of our brain that processes pain is the, the same area of that brain that processes the exclusion. And so this exclusion could be uh, even just slight. Maybe we're not invited to lunch with the rest of the group. But the fact that we were excluded, the fact that we feel like we don't belong, it's the area, it, it processes as physical pain. And so, you know, we, we may be the victim of that. We may be the person who, who didn't ask. And, and as we start to kind of recognize and feel that stress of, ooh, I, I left that person out. That wasn't intentional, right? And then we, we start to mull and focus on that. And we start to feel bad about that. And, and whether we're observing what's going on, um, there's these magical things in our brains called, called mirror neurons. And they <laughs> actually mimic what we're watching or, so if, if we're watching somebody pick up a, a pencil, it's the mirror neurons on, in our brain that are processing as if we were picking up the pencil too. So even when we're observing some of these things that are happening, we don't escape this. We're, we're all in this together. And so we have to make sure that we, we do come together and we focus on those things um, that, that we want to focus on. We don't want to focus on the exclusion. We want to focus on the inclusion, right? And, and I think that the other thing here is, you know, we, who was it that said, you know, you get the same thing, uh, you do the same thing over and over again, you get the same result, right? We all kind of Einstein, Einstein talks about it being the, the definition of insanity. Yeah, yeah. The same thing, you get the same result. You Why are you expecting something differently? Exactly. You do the same thing over and over again. But, but I think we kind of get in, into our human ruts where, you know, we're comfortable doing the same thing over and over again because we know what the result will be. And I think that's where we're stuck with, with diverse inclusion, with inclusive leadership, with uh, cross-cultural competence. We're doing things the same way over and over again. Why wouldn't we expect that nothing has changed in our workplaces? 
right? Why wouldn't we expect things haven't changed in our communities or our families or our relationships? It's because we're doing the same thing over and over and over again. In fact, there's some science that would even say that, you know, our bodies are, 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 when we feel the emotion of that, our bodies are actually addicted to some of those negative emotions. And right. so it's kind of crazy what we do to ourselves. Uh, and so that's why it sounds easy to shift to the stand for and shift to the more positive, but it, it isn't necessarily so easy. I mean, we're fighting addiction with, within ourselves um, towards this. And so really the, the only way out is to, to go through this together and to really challenge each other to stand for these more positive things. Well, I love that because what you're talking about is there, we don't think often of addictions in this manner. Mm -hmm. Having an emotional hit is an addiction. Sometimes Absolutely. people do it through fear. Other times they do it through substances. It doesn't matter. Um, you can even have an addictive hit from being a runner, a marathon runner. Absolutely. And, you know, it's perceived as positive, but it's still an addiction. And um, we are, we are spending so much time and energy in fighting and being against something instead of taking that same amount of intensity and putting it towards what we're for. Can you imagine, can you imagine if we started doing that instead and that energy was shifted to the fore? I think, you know, our emotions, I, I think I talked about this at some point in the past too, our, our emotions, our internal guidance system, you know, so, so we, when we feel bad, when we see somebody being mistreated and we feel, feel angry about that, um, you know, that means something's going against our values, right? It, something's not matching up with how we believe the world should be. And so, again, we just want to kind of, we're addicted to that bad feeling. We kind of want to jump in there and start yelling and start arguing and, and, you know, take up all these arms when, ooh, all we can do is, uh, the, actually, the better thing to do is kind of say, oh, wow, that didn't feel very good. <laughs> Let me see what I can do to shift this. And one of the best ways that we can do that uh, is through some, some, action, some breathing techniques. Uh, there's an organization in Northern California called Heart Math. So for those of you listening, it's just what, it, what I said, Heart Math, M-A-T-H. And what they have found is that the electromagnetic field of the heart is 60, that's six zero times greater than that of the head. And so the, the heart sends the head signals that influence our perceptions and, and our emotions. So these positive feelings of standing for are more beneficial for us in terms of, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned our mental health, but also our emotional, our physical, and our spiritual health as well than those negative feelings generated uh, by fighting against. And so we can use our emotions as kind of that guidance system. Ooh, this doesn't sit right for me. Okay, wait a minute. How do I shift this? And the way that we shift that is to actually just kind of slow down our breathing just a little bit 
more, just breathe a little bit more slowly than, than we're used to. And to focus our attention on our heart and to imagine that that breath is flowing into and out of our heart. And, and what that does is it takes that focus away from the situation that's angering us. It brings that focus into our heart. It creates a coherence between our heart and our brain so that we can think much more clearly in that situation. And so then when we're thinking more clearly, we can make that shift to, okay, what is it that I want to stand for? in this situation. And so, so it's really a process of self-awareness and self-discovery. Wow. So um, this, is, this is fascinating because we're talking about human beings and living and that this is very applicable in business. Because we, you know, we think everything is so important and we have to do it all. But the truth of the matter is we stand for certain things more than others and other things are going to support us better than others. And sometimes that's relationships. Um, it could be with our business allies or people we hire. It could be with um, what we choose to get involved with. Oh, should I go do this summit? Um, should I go to this conference? What should I do? Right? Yes. There's, there's all these choices that we have thrown at us all day long. And, and what you're saying is we can get out of our head and drop down our heart. And boy, that's, that's not that many inches, but it's a long journey for us to start traveling and saying, Oh, I can, I can be with this in a whole nother way and figure out what best suits our organization or business, whatever it is that you are, in a good way. And it doesn't have to always be the analytical because sometimes there's decisions that on paper look right, but they are not right. And we've all been there. Yes. And we're like, why did I say yes to this? Well, it appeared to be right and it was far from. And had we slowed down, just like what you're saying, slow down your breathing, slow down your thinking, thinking, how do you like that? <laughs> yeah. And just listen a little more as to what's going on and what, what it is that we need to be moving with. Oh my gosh, what a big shift that can be. And I know that I'm, I'm sort of stealing a little bit of your thunder. But let's talk more because we got a, a, a couple more minutes. Let's talk about how, how do we do this stand for thing? Yeah, so I have, I've, I've been talking about this for, for years, you know, in the, in the article that, um, that, I, that I wrote uh, is about compassion. My focus has been on compassion, compassion, diversity, inclusive leadership for years. And stand for is actually one of those foundational building blocks for compassionate diversity. I, I strongly um, believe in 
the necessity of, of standing for and finding those things that we stand for. And so as a result, what, what I've decided to do is actually, well, I've, I've done a couple campaigns in the past, but I'm really going to take it up now because this message is now finally starting to get uh, taken up by a few other people. I, I heard about it coming, um, coming forward on a big stage at a conference recently. And so I think now may be the time for me to really take, take this up and create this campaign of power of the the power of standing for and so what I, what I want to do the next few weeks is talk about this some more you know get people engaged in a conversation I'll be both on LinkedIn and on Facebook but get people involved on a conversation on what do you stand for and how do you do that? And so I've got a hashtag of, um, I've used for years, the hashtag stand for, um, but we've also got a hashtag power of stand for. I've got a power of stand for.com. So you can go out there and, and take the pledge, get some ideas, um, read a little bit more about, about my thoughts around this and how this is such necessary and foundational work um, not only for our businesses and organizations, but but you know for for our lives in general. Okay, so this is you not only continuing the conversation that you've been doing for years, but now amplifying it to take it to the masses. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and the the hashtag stand for or hashtag power of stand for. Yes, power okay. of stand for. And, and powerofstandfor.com. Powerofstandfor.com. Okay, so this is cool because this is a way for our listeners to continue to engage in this part of your whole conversation and really explore what they stand for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that'll streamline things, won't it? <laughs> I, I'm hoping so. <laughs> and then again, maybe not. Okay, Susan, so. Before we wrap up, because hard to believe we sort of have to do that already, what one or two things is it that we need to know to proceed? You wow. said probably go check out your, your <laughs> powerofstanford.com. Well, I, I think one, one of the things that I always encourage, and I think I've brought up in every single one of my discussions with you, Maggie, is recognizing our emotions uh-huh there's so again an easy thing to say not so easy thing to do but those emotions are going to tell us where we stand on a particular subject or not you know, if we're watching the news at night and we're starting to get really aggravated wow something's going against your beliefs and expectations and your values and and figure out what that is right figure out what that is so you can decide what you want to do to stand for um i think the other thing is watch our words hmm. our words have power uh, i personally have been on a uh, a journey the last few years to be very, very careful about what words I put after I am. <laughs> uh, 
because we're naming ourselves with that, right? And, right. and part of compassion is self-compassion as well. And so this isn't easy stuff, you know, recognizing where we're at in a, in a situation, trying to shift how we're talking about things and all that, we have to have some self-compassion. So, so in this process, in this learning process and in standing for, you know, don't, don't say things like, you know, oh, oh, I'm so stupid, or oh, I can't do this, you know, watch your words and have some self-compassion, and, you know, own, you know, yeah, I, I am strong, I, I am, you know, I can do this, and, and be, be in that power through this shift, and that's going to, um, to help you all that much more. Amen to that. Wow, thank you, because that, uh, is so powerful. I just heard this earlier from someone else about making sure that you watch your words because they do have power. And one of the places where I see that being the greatest offense right now is on social media. Yes. And people yeah. just start going at each other instead of staying on topic or just letting it ride. And it's yeah. like, why do we have to create arguments? We're not even talking about what the real issue was at the beginning of the threat. So it's it's sad and and it's very telling that we we who are hearing this message need to help others become familiar with this message. Well, and it, it's the words that create our focus. Again, whether it's that self-compassion piece and watching what you put after I am, but also, you know, in, in what you're saying, you know, to to others, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I know we're at the end of time. Maybe I'll save my political correctness rant for later, but <laughs> that can be a whole nother one. Yeah, that can be a whole nother topic. You know, people might call it political correctness, but you know, really it's, it's about respect as we're engaging and talking to others and, and choosing our words carefully makes us much more mindful and careful and, and it, it puts uh, the power in the right space when we're careful with our words. Sounds like that might be something to touch on in our next episode. Oh, I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay, let, let's, let's have you write that down so we know because we have two more episodes with Susan, everyone. All right, so listeners, this is how you can learn more and engage with our number one best-selling business author, Susan McCustion. Start by reading chapter four in volume two about five ways to bring compassion into your organization. And that's volume two of Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And you can also go ahead and check out the invitation Susan has. At the end of her chapter, she has an author page there and she invites you to engage and it's free and it's very relevant to you as a business owner and you as a human on this planet. <laughs> Plus, she also has all sorts of social media handles for you to go ahead and, and connect. And I'm saying Susan McCustion very carefully because we also have another Susan who's an author in the book. I'm not saying her last name so we don't confuse it. <laughs> So here's something that's really cool. Right now, you can see everything about the book and how to get a hold of it, as well as directly email Susan McCustion by going to our books app. And it's the app is brilliantbizbook.com. Oh, no, forget the dot com. I'm talking about an app. <laughs> Go to your 
to your app store and type in brilliant biz book, all one word, and you can download us. And on there, you'll see we have all sorts of goods about where we're showing up, what we're talking about. And this isn't just for this year's authors, it's for last year's authors as well. And um, all our podcasts are there. So when I told you Susan's former podcasts are 58, 71, and 78, you can go check those out too. But here's what I think is the, one of the coolest features on our app is we have a section that says click and ask an expert. And if you click on that, you'll see Susan McCustion's name. Please go ahead and send her a question or a comment that you have and it'll land in her inbox and she'll reply back to you. Right, Susan? Absolutely, Maggie. <laughs> okay, cool. So I want to thank you, Susan, because today you really brought it on. You took the time to break it down for us and then wrap it up in a way that we can use it. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. I always enjoy speaking with you. Ditto. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Until we're back next week, shine brightly.